Hi, welcome to the Holy Fuck Podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Roxo, author of Fuck Like a Goddess, creator of Radical Awakenings, transformational coach, and student of life. I'm here to stand with you asking questions about what is sacred and what is profane and the space between. Enjoy. Hello, my loves. So happy to be with you in your ears today. I'm imagining you at the gym, driving on a plane, doing laundry. That's when I listen to my podcasts. Those are like the best, especially like on a Sunday afternoon when I'm just like cleaning or cooking. I get so kind of zenned out with a podcast. Where do you listen to your podcasts? I'm so curious. What are you doing? Please tell me, let me know. Um, so I wanted to talk to you today about why it is so important in my humble opinion to have sacred pilgrimages in your life where you go to land that you approach with honor and reverence and relationship. So three years ago, was it three or four years ago? Oh my God. So my partner and I have been together almost three years. So this will be my fourth year going to Cave Valley in Zion, Utah in May. And it is such a beautiful ritual that I've been doing the last three years. And the first year I didn't do any retreats. I was literally just there as a pilgrim, as someone honoring the land. I don't want to tell you what happened on that trip. Okay. First of all, this was right in the middle of COVID. Well, kind of at the early part of COVID. So we had been kind of quarantined in our apartments for a few months, which in retrospect sounds crazy. I'm like, what did I even do? I remember watching a lot of romance movies. I'm not going to lie. I read a lot of books. I got a lot of work done. I did a lot of IG lives. But for someone who lived by themselves at that time, I mean, that was kind of intense. Very strange to consider it in retrospect. I'm asking you right now, consider in retrospect, where were you in May, June, 2020? So I got this invitation to go to Zion, Utah as a friend to hang out with my partner, just as a friend. And because I had sort of hinted that I'd been inside quarantine for a few months and I was going a little bit stir crazy. So maybe I was fishing for an invite in retrospect, but he did invite me. And I don't know if he knew that I was going to say yes, but he did invite me. And he said, well, I'm staying on this incredible land. I've been coming here for 15 years. It's this beautiful place called Cave Valley. It's not in the, it's not in the touristy part of Zion, Utah, which I didn't know. I'd never been there anyway. But he was like, it's part of this really beautiful valley, very sacred. There are these caves here that are very special. Um, and... You know, at first I was like, this is crazy. Have I told you guys this story? I don't think so. At first I was like, maybe I have. <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. I'm not going to drive seven hours to hang out with this guy that I don't know. He was really good friends with my friends, some of my friends. Um, so there was that. 
you know, there was like, I definitely trusted him because I really trusted them. So at first I was like, no, that's crazy. And he, and honestly, he was so different at the time I had been, I think I was like writing out my maiden days kind of like, you know, really intensely, I guess. And I'd been kind of going after these like toxic prince kind of archetype, like these overconfidence kind of prince types. Um, and I don't know if I had to get that out of my system where I don't know if it was like the princess in me that was attracting like these kind of princey, like I'm so I'm the fucking shit kind of guys who ended up not being the the nicest or most available. So when my, my partner now showed up on the scene, I was just like, well, you're so different. He's like a totally different archetype. Like he's a man, like a grown man. And, um, and that felt like a real leap for me. I was like, I can't just like drive seven hours and go hang out with this man. I hadn't been used to that. I'd been used to like the sort of prince-like behavior of like, I'll text you, but I don't, and but I'm so spiritual or whatever. Um, so I could feel myself being like, shit, you know, you say you want something and then it shows up and then can you actually receive it? Are you able to receive it? Are you so stuck in your own you know, immaturity or fears that you can't receive it. And I think that does happen to a lot of people where they say they want a certain thing, but when it comes, it's so confronting to receive because it requires you to lay down some of your own patterns and behaviors that are no longer healthy, aligned, good for you, et cetera. And I think for a while I had been avoiding that. Like I had certain kind of maidenish, princess ish behaviors that I didn't quite want to let go of. Girlish, right? Like that sort of cling, which I've written about quite a bit on my Substack. I feel like I partially created my Substack to help support me of writing through this passage from maiden to woman to sovereign woman, princess to queen. And but at this time, I definitely was still on the cusp, if you will. Um, and I know that because I was a little bit more self-obsessed, a little bit more like posting a lot of sexy pictures of myself all the time, talking about myself all the time, which I'm talking about myself right now. But now my my work has dispersed into not always being self-reflective sometimes. And when it feels good to share a story or something personal like this, great. But other times it's not. And um, at the time I was still clinging to that, to that. And there's nothing wrong with it. And I don't say it in a judgmental way. And I'll continue to say this. It's more a reflection on my journey. Um, that moving into a state of grace and kind of opening my heart outward, which I talked about on the Deja Blue podcast, if you're interested to hear. So anyway, at first I was like, I'm not getting in the car and driving seven hours. But then I was like, well, I did just get a convertible and I need to use it because <laughs> I've been sitting in the garage for, you know, like the whole 
part, top part of the quarantine. I mean, my friend and Arana and I drove it on the PCH a few days. And I think Sa and I drove it around Topanga Canyon when we just needed to get out of the house and like put the top down. And we're like, this is perfect social distancing because there's a, the tops down. But besides that, I hadn't really taken the car on many journeys. I think I went to Ojai with my friend Cara too. Anyway, those are my, those are my, my real big quarantine adventures. Um, but so at first I said no, and then I said yes, and then I th- I said fuck it, I'm just gonna drive to Utah. It's a seven hour drive. I'm gonna put this top down. I'm gonna listen to loud music, and I cried and I cried. I'm gonna read you guys a poem actually that I wrote about this car ride, which I just read the other night at dinner to my partner. I brought out some poems to read at dinner from our early days which I found to be so fun. Okay, let me find this one. All right, you ready? Mm -hmm. Oh, sacrament of summer days, a summer without summer would cut deep. Summer showed up this year and I was unprepared. No plane tickets purchased, no suitcases packed, simply a car with gas in it, a top that goes down. Sun, sun, sun. I stretched through the landscape as if I was flying. My heart pieces started to crumble in the high winds as I approached 95. My tears rolled down my cheeks cooler than the 103 degree desert air. I remembered who I am. I remembered my appreciation. I shirked the Venice grit, the nights at home, the walls of confinement, where I have been half living as a half person, half numb, half asleep, half in shadow, dying in the confines of walls and neighbors. I have become a creatura amidst a death, and now I am choosing life. Walking through a field in pitch black, no worries about what may lay beneath. My heart exploding, my breath shallow, I may faint. I am free again, face pressed to red sand, tequila dribbling down my lip. The sweat of four states dried to my thighs. California, Utah, Arizona, Nevada. Alive, living, ecstatic bliss. So that poem was about leaving quarantine and getting it in my car and uh, driving to Utah. And that was my first, uh, my first approach, my first pilgrimage to Zion. And it truly was a pilgrimage because I didn't know what would happen there. I didn't know, I had no idea, you know, what would happen, that I would meet a life partner or get to know him rather. But the land, and I want to tell you about the land. So I arrived there and this is, this is, I I was totally trying to calculate my arrival to arrive at sunset because I thought super epic, like music video epic (laughs) arrival at sunset in Zion Park driving through with the top down. And I didn't realize that there was a time difference and that they go an hour um, from California. They were an hour ahead. They're on mountain time, not Pacific. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm actually arriving in the pitch black. And there was no real address. There was like, he gave me like a, what's it called? A, a pin, you know? And I lost cell service when I got in the park. But luckily, you know, Google Maps will keep you going there. But it was like, 
it was, I think I ended up pulling over and putting the top up because I was like, okay, this is a little too, a little too crazy driving in this park in the pitch black. There's nothing there. It's just like nothingness. Um, It's not the touristy side of Zion. But I just trusted and I drove in the dark and I drove in the dark and I arrived and I found the spot. It's like 11.2 miles, take a right. I was so nervous. That's the stuff that makes me super anxious, getting lost at night in a place with no cell phone service, just not my favorite thing. Um, but I trusted and I got there. And um, and I got there and it was dark. There's no street lights, you know, it was very, very dark. So we went on a walk through this field, right? When I got there, we walked through this pitch black field. Um and we walked to this cave and this is the cave that now this will be my fourth year having incredible beautiful deep experiences within and so we walked in the pitch black i'm going into this dark cave in the pitch black with someone that i don't know super well but i felt so safe my whole body relaxed i felt just so safe and that was and and he said to me like we're about to go into this really sacred beautiful place and i just feel like you need to come straight here after driving from la like you need to come and just be in this womb cave and it was so beautiful like makes me emotional thinking about it and that cave now i have sat in beautiful practice with many women in that cave really putting their bodies against the red rock and the red sand, laying there. You know, we haven't gone at night. Maybe this year we will. Maybe this year we will. But we've gone in the morning and we've placed our bodies in beautiful mudras of expression within this cave and prayer. I think maybe this year also we will bring more offerings to the cave. Maybe leaving them at the foot of the cave. But it's just, it's hard to put into words, right? What it feels like to be in a sacred space that's been around for so long. And there are times where I take in women in there on our immersions and I feel like they, they're still in their head. And so... It's almost like you need you need to have done some practice before you go in to get into your body or like be on mushrooms or something, which we're not doing, but so that you can enter into that cave and not be in your thinking mind or in your casual mind, but be in like the mind of a devotee or a dakini or a tantrika who is entering in with this sacred practice. It's almost like you need to work an altered state. And sometimes we do that with silence, with music, with prayer. Maybe we'll do some singing this year. Singing is another way to enter into that portal of the sacred domain. And that is just one of the most amazing parts of the experience of being on this land. It's like a lot of heart energy. This red heart energy. It's warm. I really look forward to being there last year and the year before. I think I was there almost a whole month. And it's like my favorite time. And there's also this um, really sweet stream 
that's close by. And um, I've never taken a group there, but I definitely want to do that this year. I always go swim there naked with Eli. And um, I also went down there when my friend Lisa Levine and and her um, son Hudson was were there, which was two years ago. And uh, that stream feels so good. There are these little crawfish that, um, like if you stand too long in one position, they'll kind of... Uh, nip at your toes but if you stand in a stream of water while their water's moving quickly they don't get you but that stream feels so good oh my god to just dip in you've probably seen my utah stream dip videos on instagram because they're like my favorite thing in the world (laughs) so that's another part of going on the immersion is water finding the sacred waters close by which you may find on your drive there or drive back or drive from the airport, or you may find with me. And I'm telling you the more um, elemental and spiritual side of things, not the coaching side or the transformational work, but more of being held by the sacred land. To me, that's that upstages me. <laughs> the land and the cave upstages my work. I'm like, that's divine mother that's earth mother that's the beauty of nature she is so powerful to transform our grief our sadness our past our suffering she is just why do people dip in rivers why do people go to sacred waters to sacred caves this happens all over the world i've sat in sacred caves and waters in india and nepal and other places as well, France, the UK, other places, sacred places. And it's just, if you don't have that in your body, why? (laughs) You know? Creating sacred relationship through your body with water, with streams, with rivers, with land, it's so powerful. Oh, yeah. Truly. The other thing about relationship, it's like coming back year after year. It's not creating a transaction where you're just like, okay, I'm going to go here this year, here this year, here this year. What I love about in my partnership is that we find places that are considered very sacred to us and we keep going back. And so that they are imbued with power and energy and prayer and intention each time we go. We do explore new places too, but I love that we go back. Like there's these sacred waterfalls in Mexico that are our favorite that we go to, which someone I, I shared on Instagram. Some women said, don't share. They're so private. I realized not everything's for sharing. <laughs> and I appreciate those who are protectors of some of these sacred places so that they don't turn into Disneyland, you know, because that happens. It really happens. And I say that to all the women who come and retreat with me to this sacred cave, please keep this private, keep it between us. This is sacred land. This is not a place to blast on the internet, but it's a place to find within your heart with reverence and then bring those who would treat it well. And that's the other thing before, um, before Eli takes anyone up to these sacred places in Zion, he makes sure that they are in their bodies, that they're carrying the tone of reverence and that they're ready for that experience, that they're not going to be casual about it. And I really appreciate that. When I was there that weekend, we did this crazy hike. That's a whole nother story, but we did this crazy hike. It was about eight hours. And he was like, okay, are you ready to 
see really what this land is all about. I was like, well, I already saw the cave. That's it, right? And he's like, nope, there's more. I was like, okay, sure. What should I wear? I had on like a dress and some leather boots, but then I had the thought, don't wear the leather boots, put on your running shoes. So I wore the dress and the running shoes. And um, I don't think I brought enough water. I don't think I had any idea what I was what I was um, in for. That's a longer story. But he said to me, I usually don't pe- take people on this hike unless they've been here for like three, four days because it's so sacred. And if you go and you're sort of disembodied, you may hurt yourself or you may miss the experience. But I was only going to be there for two days, so it was kind of like, well, now or never, honey. So I had to get on, had to get on on board, um, the vibes of the place. And that was an initiation. I don't take women onto that hike because it is really intense, and it required doing some like rock climbing moves that were the scariest things that I've ever had to to do, perhaps. Um. If that is something that excites you, (laughs) then probably direct you to finding your own hike up, up into the hills there. But, um, we stay, there's another hike that we take that is also a little bit daunting for those of you who are not so excited about heights, but I didn't do that last year with the group. I think because I let people go on their own if they wanted to, it's like a beautiful sunset spot again high cliffs. And you know what I realized? Mama don't like cliffs so much. I'm not really a cliff girl. I like jumping in water. I'm not afraid of deep water, but I'm not really a cliff girl, if you know what I mean. So I know some of y'all are mountain goats over there. I have some friends here in Boulder who are mountain goats. I'm a mermaid. We different. (laughs) No, it's not so binary, but you know what I mean? But anyway, I'm just telling you about this sacred land. I'm musing on the experience of going there before I go for the fourth year, which I'm really excited about. It's going to be a breath of fresh air. It's going to be some time off the computer, off the phone, just deep in practice and outside. It's the kind of place you wear boots, you get a little dirty and dusty, you sit outside, you get sun, and it feels really good. It brings you into your body. You get to go walk out to the cave by yourself if you want. You can go swim in the stream by yourself if you want or with some other sisters. And then you're in deep transformational experience processes, practices, groups, partner work all day. (laughs) Sacred theater ritual with me all day. So that part of the journey is also incredible, but I won't get into that part here. If you're called to come, There are a few spots, a handful perhaps, that remain, and I would love to have you. This is a sacred experience. It's not not something that you'll forget. So um, if you're called to take that time, I think of it as like you get a lot of coaching in a four or five day period. Um, imagine if, if all those hours that you're getting with the group, if you tried to spread that out, it would be like, perhaps like over a year or something like that, but you get it in this nice condensed chunk, which I just think is delicious. So if you want to come or if you're considering coming or if it's just kind of peeking at you a little, 
you can set up an intro call with me and we'll talk about it. But only if you have a serious desire to come and you have space and time in your schedule and the money to invest. We have payment plans. Um, but I'd love to have you. The food is delicious. Oh my God. Our uh, chef last year just like blew it out of the park. He was incredible. So we like scooped him up again. Now, now I'm hearing that other other people are trying to scoop him up quickly. And I said, please come back to Zion. He's amazing. So the food is amazing. And um, yeah, I'm sure the group of women is going to be amazing too. All right, my loves. Mm, thanks for taking that journey back to 2020 with me. Here we are all these years later. So much has changed. More, more, more on this later. If you have more questions or anything came up, feel free to DM me. Okay. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. For more, 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 follow me on IG at Alexandra Roxo, and you can get on my mailing list where I send poems, practices, rituals, links to upcoming retreats and events, and all kinds of goodies. And if this podcast has touched your heart, please let us know. Please write us a review, give us a five-star rating, all that. It means a lot to myself and everyone involved. Big, big love, my darling. Have a fabulous day and see you again very soon.